Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> For any kids writing essays at home, remember this. Uh, do your research. Make point forms of all of your notes. I know some friends who put them on cue cards. You know, facts, quotes, sentences they like, and then they lay the cue cards out on the floor and then they move them around. So you have decided that you want to write a book. Good for you. Now here's what you need to do. You need to listen to Craig. And this part two episode of the Dad Hat Chronicles, he goes into some of the things that he does uh, and some uh, suggestions that he gives you in order for you to become a better writer uh, or just to write your first book. I highly recommend it, guys. This guy has been a lot of fun to talk to over this last two episodes. So without further ado, I'll give you the episode. You know, we love these hats. Uh, you and I both do. We, we understand yeah. that. You look at it, when you put it on, you don't see it anymore. Everybody else sees it. Everybody else sees it. So what are you really wearing? You know what you're wearing? In a lot of cases, in most cases, I would say, you're wearing the feeling that hat gives you. Like yeah. If you're having a bad day, maybe you reach for that Cavs championship hat and you go, wow, that felt so great. And it just kind of gets in you and you put that feeling on your head and it just infuses with you. Yeah. you know, when I wear my Detroit Tigers stuff, it just reminds me of, uh, all the great times uh, cheering for the Tigers with my family, that my grandfather cheered for the Tigers, Detroit Tiger fantasy camp that I went to. It just gives you that little boost, right? Same, same thing with my with Cleveland. Like they changed the name that the Guardians not, but guess what? I got already have like 10 or 15 of them, you know, that I've collected. And it's like every time I put it on, is a it's a it's a it's a form of pride here in North Carolina. Like, hey, yeah, this is my team. This is who I root for. And Those Guardians hats are sweet. The, I love the C. The C is a different <laughs> C because it was a different, you know, block C is a different kind of C, which I love mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, been, you know, my wife and I, we took our our daughter for her very first baseball game. We took it to a, you know, the first Indians, last Indians game, right? Like, you know, so mm -hmm. it was, it has sentimental value to us and so many date nights and things like that. And it's, you know, it is that connection. You think about the team and it's the connection that you have with them. Mm-hmm. And the connection they have to your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. They'll, they'll, they'll tear you up and they'll lift you up and all that good stuff in between. Well, for me, when it was still there, you know, uh, I just, uh, when I didn't kind of, didn't really have, hadn't articulated until I wrote this book, but, um, you know, the person who, the, the last person who edited my book said, tell me more about Tiger Stadium. You know, tell me some of your memories. And I went through all the memories and all the memories were with people, you know, my mm -hmm. parents, my brothers, my girlfriends, you know, when I 
met the Nancy who I've married now, it was very important for me to take her to Tiger Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, boy, if I love somebody, I love somebody. I took him to Tiger Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and and that's what it was like, you know, for my wife is like, she got to know me through sports. Like, cause she knew right off the bat. It's like, I, I, I can see you love sports. I'm like, I love sports, but I love baseball. Mm-hmm. My team is going to be that team. And no matter what up and down, no matter what, they'll always be there for me. I will always watch something. I don't, and that will never change. Just like your, yeah. your tigers for you. Yeah. And you know, part of that, when you take someone to something that you care about so much, it's what you're telling them is I want you to, I want to help you know me, mm-hmm. right? I want to help you know me. I want you to be, and I want you to be part of this experience that means something to me. And if they don't take to it, that's fine. But so long as they, they get that, it really is an invitation. Yeah. And it's, it's it, you're sharing a part of you. That's, you know, that's, that's a part of you. And that's not who you are. It's a part of you. Right. So, exactly. so let, let me ask you, um, you are obviously you, you, you wrote the book and everything, but I want to know about the process because I'm very intrigued about this. I've, I've been a couple of people already that have written books and I, I, something that always, I've always wanted to ask is the process. I mean, cause it's a, it's not an easy process to write a book. Uh, no, you know, and there's, um, for staples, they have these spotlight sessions in Canada where you go and you talk about areas of expertise. And I did a, I did a session for them, which you can find online on how to write and self-publish your own book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I said at the very end, because it isn't easy is, you know, I didn't say it was going to be easy, but I said it would be worth it. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, what really, I, do you want it to be easy? Uh, and I don't think you do, but no, you, you, also, don't. you also have to enjoy the process. So, I mean, the writing process kind of doesn't change for anything, mm-hmm. you know, first you need your idea and then you sort of plan the shape you do an outline, you know, if for any kids writing essays at home, remember this, uh, do your research, make point forms of all of your notes. I know some friends who put them on cue cards you know, facts, quotes, sentences they like, and then they lay the cue cards out on the floor and then they move them around. And once you've established the structure, a lot of your work is done because then you're just putting words in, right? I would never have written an essay without a structure. With this, the bigger structure was ordering the hats. I kind of knew what each story would be about. In some areas, I'd put a little structure to the story, um, but then you fill in the words, right? And here's the problem that a lot of people have with writing, especially people who aren't writers, is, boy, they're worried that it's not going to be good. I mean, I think every writer is worried it's not going to be good, but it can it can be a hang-up for you if it paralyzes you. Here's the real secret. Your first draft isn't going to be good. So don't worry about it being good. Just get it down, right? Mm-hmm. Ernest Hemingway said, get it down, then get it right. Most of writing is rewriting. My brother would say all of writing is rewriting. And there's a friend of mine, Jane Mingay, who I think is fantastic, fantastic producer. She said, she called it the lump. You got to get the lump. Once you get the lump out, then you can start shaping it. So you just, and you know, as Hemingway say, that first draft feels good. Boy, you're just pushing it out of your body and you're emoting and remembering and you're getting it down there. There's a part of you that hopes it's good. It isn't. (laughs) <laughs> you have to make it good like yeah. you have to make it good and that's the next part so the book that i've written 
you know, I did two drafts. I sent it to seven people. Five of them were writers. Two of them uh, had baseball Facebook pages. So they didn't know my story, but they would be the target audience. And then I asked them all for notes and they gave me notes and I took all of the notes and, uh, you know, I didn't do every little thing they said, but certainly the spirit of them all. Uh, I it took the advice from everyone. And then I rewrote five more drafts. So on seven draft seven, I sent it to a publisher who didn't think it was for him and gave me some gentle feedback, but I cornered him into giving me more aggressive feedback, um, which he didn't want to give me because I think he was afraid of hurting my feelings. Um, so I took his and I rewrote it again. And then I was at eight drafts. I thought I was ready. And there's the, the woman who introduced my wife and I, Laura Boast. I was hoping she would do the copy editing for me. My wife said she was too busy, but she offered. And not only did she do the copy editing, she did what I had hoped other editors would do, you know, each according to the skills. But she really pumped up the stuff she liked. She said, I want more here. Tell me more here. And so she would poke into areas. And then I wrote more. Uh, I probably added five to 10,000 words on her draft and some of the best stuff. So that was nine drafts. And then it went to the publisher and the publisher did a copy edit and they had their edit was mostly formatting. But, you know, I had to go through that a couple of times because I'm just not the best copy editor. So in the end, 12 drafts, maybe. So it's writing and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. And, you know, I, I read it now, there's still things I'd like to change, but you know, at some point you have to give it up. So, so what do you need to do? If you want to write something, you need to find out what you want to write, get a sense if there's an audience. And if there isn't, if this is something you want to express, just do it, uh, block out the structure and then find time when you're going to be uninterrupted. And here is a writer's best friend. You're not going to like it. It's five o'clock in the morning. You get up at five o'clock in the morning, you have your coffee or whatever it is, do Wordle, and then start writing. And by the time 8.30 or 8 o'clock comes around with no disturbances, with no email, with no phone calls, with no, hey, what are you doing? You will have made huge dents, especially with writing. You have to get into a flow. It requires deep concentration. Um, so that's what you have to do. Get up at five in the morning, write and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. Hemingway used to rewrite what he did the day before the next day. If I had full days to do it, that's probably what I did. Uh, it's probably a more joyous process than the rewriting itself, which can get tedious the further you get into it. But find out what you want to write, structure it, write it, rewrite it, rewrite it, send it to people who will kill your baby and uh, be prepared to stand back and be objective about it and then just keep rewriting it. You know, and I I have absolute respect for people like you who do this for for that. I, I could never do it. You know, I know that I have I, I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. Writing is not one of them. Like I'll talk to a wall all day long, uh, but talk, writing it is one of to me is a very hard and very challenging um, thing to do. So when someone tells me that they have done. 12 drafts of the same book from beginning to end. That's just absolute respect. So yeah, but you're not kudos. rewriting everything, right? I mean, right. Yeah. You're not you're shaping the lump, but mm -hmm. you're adding lots of bits in here and you're taking things out and you're seeing it with fresh eyes. Um, and you know, 
I've heard somebody say the better you get at writing, the harder it is. But I mean, it's still a joyous experience. And I'll tell you, you know, I can't tell you whether you should write a book or not. Yeah. Um, only you know that. But um, I will tell you when you, you know, it won the Canadian Book Club Awards for Best Nonfiction Book. Never saw that come. Um, Congratulations. You know, yeah, way. very, very gratifying. Uh, but when you hear people, I know I get notes from people who said, you know, I, I just read this chapter. I was in the park and I'm sitting here crying and I, and it's beautiful. And when people send me notes and say, like, I'm really starting to think about my own life now and what's important. Every bit of blood and sweat and tears that went into it, um, all worth it when you've been able to connect with people on that level. And that's what's the best part like that's the rewarding part like you you actually got someone to think about their life and you know rethink some of the things that they've done or have done or they will do and that's that's shit that would that's rewarding right there all on and think about what's important to them yeah evaluate life like you know it's like okay what's important to me right now because we all go through it you know i've done it you know i was like what's important to me what's important to me and my family and my wife my daughter that's you know and that's that's powerful. And I would say what you can really do really well here is what makes me happy. I mean, look oh. at you with all the hats in the background. You know what makes you happy. And mm -hmm. you're not going to let anybody else tell you that you shouldn't. You have too many hats. What is too many? If it's making me happy, it's not hurting anybody, then I'm going to keep doing what makes me happy until I'm on the other side of the grass. Yeah. And I and, and like you said, it's like, you know, for me, collecting hats has been one of the I started, like you said, like you, like you in the through the pandemic, right? You know, like this is something that I've, I've always wanted to do. So I was like, you know what? I Let's see how this goes. Let's see where it takes us and go from there. So absolutely. So are you, will you eventually write another book or? Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Working on the second one now. That's awesome. I've got, I've got probably the next three or four planned out. I mean, it, it's been well received. So mm. um, the next one. It will be a book of short stories, some of which I've written. Mm -hmm. um, there's one I wrote about meeting Bruce Springsteen for 12 seconds called 12 Seconds with the Boss. Nice. Uh, there's another one I wrote about the, the marathon I ran. Um, there's one that I, the last one that I wrote that uh, went over really well is The Unqualified Hockey Coach. Because I've never played hockey. Uh, my best friend played hockey. His family played hockey. My kids play hockey. I never intended to coach, but I got roped into it when the coaches didn't show up for practice one day. And I was of course the guy who complained about it. So the next week I had uh, skates, a stick, glove and a helmet and I was on the ice and uh, got talked into coaching, but I've never felt comfortable at it. I, I've coached baseball. I know there are things I bring to it as a coach. I was the captain of every team I've been on. Uh, I know I have some leadership skills, but you know, it's different than teaching kids how to play hockey. Last year, I ended up being not just an assistant coach, a door opener and a puck shepherd. I ended up being the head coach of my oldest son's house league hockey team this last year in house league. And we won the championship. Nice. So Congrats, I decided man. to put, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It was them. Uh, I stood there and let them play. That was my biggest contribution to coaching was let them know when they're out of bounds, but just let them play hockey. I did have to do some coaching in the last game, which terrified me. But <laughs> I wrote up, I wrote up basically... You know, I like the idea of being unqualified, but doing something anyway. So I wrote about my hockey coach experiences, like trying to warm up the goalie, but I can't really lift the puck well. And the goalie telling me, can you just pick up the puck and throw it at me? Um, 
So I had a bunch of these that I wrote the unqualified uh, hockey coach and I, you know, put it on my website and then I shared it in a bunch of different places as, as you do when you're trying to get some publicity for these things. And it got read like 4,600 times off my website. I was getting interviewed on podcasts with a coaching group in Australia. And I thought, well, that's a catchy title and a good idea. So the next one's going to be short stories, uh, less expensive than this book, which is uh, than all caps stories that justify an outrageous hack collection because it's color printing, but a smaller, shorter, more digestible stocking stuffer book, which is going to, I'm trying to get ready for Christmas. I've got a couple of stories uh, still to write. I want to write one that I'm calling uh, true love versus the monster under the bed, which is the story of my parents' love story, which is inspiring and brings me to tears. Uh, so that's the next one. I'm looking to get that out for Christmas. Nice. I love it. Right, right before Christmas, so everybody can you know have something on uh, on their stocking. So, and I've got some readers now. I need to need to feed them. Absolutely, as you should. Yeah, I just started a couple of days ago, so I'm very. I love you know. I, I I told you know a couple of my friends like I want to do a book club right I, on on sports related on on anything really just a book club just so I can you know connect with other people from different parts of the United States of the world. Cause I think that's, a, that's a, to me, that's the most gratifying part about everything that I'm doing is that connection, the human connection that you get to talk to people. And I love that part. Well, listen, if you want to do a book club and use my book, I will come to the book club and talk about the book afterwards. If you want to do it in sections, love I'd be happy to come and talk to everybody about the book. That's awesome. All right. I think I think I'm going to um, we're going to do that. We're going to put that together. So I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Anything that I have not asked you, my friend, as far as the book, your life and everything, because now we're about to head into the most you know hard part of the whole interview here. Uh, no, I think we've got it covered, uh, you know, from the first the uh, tonight show plug my product point of view i'll just tell everybody the book is called all cap stories that justify an outrageous hat collection you can get it anywhere you buy books uh Friesen press who published it is where i get the most money but buy it the way that's easiest for you and you can find out more about it on colbyvision.net slash all caps or just come to colbyvision.net you won't miss it i love it and then i make sure to put in the uh at the very least you know the link to those to it so that way people can go and buy because it's on on digital and on on uh, paperback and hardcover correct paperback hardcover digital i mean it's a color print book which is mm -hmm. a little expensive um but you can the digital download the uh, kindle and the apple ebook is really affordable i love it love it love it love it love it love it all right my friend are you ready ready to rock man all right, let's do this. Okay, you're going to uh, a Tigers game, right? You're you're going to a Tigers game as a fan, and you sit down and put. What is your food and your drink of choice? Well, it used to be beer, but I don't drink much anymore. But <laughs> I'm going to go straight for like uh, uh, a hot dog and a Coke Zero. Nice. Okay, I love hot dogs. It's my favorite thing. So I'm with you there. Big foot long hot dog with grilled onions. Nice. Are you a ketchup and mustard or just mustard? Ketchup and mustard. Come on, people. That's don't, what I'm don't saying. A, don't be a mustard dictator. Yeah. Like, let's enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it. If it makes me happy, it's none of your business. That's right. Good job. Okay. So you're walking down the street and you find $10,000. What's the very first thing you do? Call the police. Report it. <laughs> you're the you're one of the only people that's like reported i'm like a lot of people like well actually i'll buy me something well somebody uh may have lost their life 
Yeah, that is true. Right. That's a lot of money. But let's say that money. is let's say that is it is yours to keep. You know, nobody claimed it. It's all yours. What's the first thing you buy? First thing I buy. So we're not talking about taking my family on a vacation. No, or, no. Let's be selfish about this. I need something for myself. Yeah. Right? Oh man. You know, I bought, I won the football pool a couple of years ago and got myself a nice Pittsburgh Steeler leather jacket. Nice. Um, that was nice. Uh, certainly have a lot of hats. Um, if I'm getting something for myself, you know, I would like a nice John Shaft looking brown leather jacket. There you go. That's nothing wrong with I that. I try to take as many of my fashion cues from John Shaft. It's aspirational. I'm nothing like him, but uh, <laughs> he looks cool. So that's, that's where I try to go. I like it. All right. So if you could have one dessert for the rest of your life, just one dessert, what dessert would that be? Strawberry cheesecake. Ooh, I, good I could one. Eat one food the rest of my life, I'd eat strawberry cheesecake. <laughs> strawberry cheesecake for the rest oh, yeah, of your life. It's just a slam dunk right there. I like it. I like it. Okay. If you could be in any movie, any movie, which movie would it be? I could be in any movie. Boy, that's mm -hmm. a that's a big question because the question is, do you want the experience of being in the movie and meeting the director and working with that director? Or do you want the visual of seeing yourself on screen in a role like that? So, you know, I was in a in high school, I was in a Blues Brothers band with my best friend. Mm -hmm. Tempting to say the Blues Brothers, but I had a little taste of that. Um, I would say that you know, from a, because I'm a media person, I work in media. If I could be in any movie to work with the director and meet with the director and be part of that, um, Lawrence of Arabia to work with David Lean and see how he did everything and just those incredible shots and those incredible locations uh, just to see the genius. But if it's yeah. from a strictly vain point of view of seeing myself on screen, uh, I am pushing William Shatner out of the chair to be Captain Kirk and Kirk, Star Trek yeah, the Trek. Wrath of Khan. Damn <laughs> like straight. Like, oh. all right, no, you're no longer Captain Kirk. I'm the captain now. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost uh, in uh, pushing Tom Hanks out of the way. I, I am the captain now. I am the captain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, so let's say that you... Oh, I gave you three answers, sorry. Oh, it's quite all right. I love it. If you could be, like, you're, you're working at a zoo, right? Um, and you know, your hiring manager tells you, okay, you have your choice of working with any animal. What animal would you choose to work with? Well, it wouldn't be the tigers cause they'll eat you. Yeah. I'm they're, good they're, there. Yeah. Tigers are terrifying animals. Um, I would want to work with any of the primates, you know, the, the great apes I would like to work with. Um, I think it would be great to, to, you know, develop a relationship with a, with a gorilla and see, See how they interact. That that's where I go. I like it. I like that. Um, okay, but I worked at a nature channel for ten years, so yeah, I've seen right. a lot of animals. That's awesome. That's a, that's a cool gig right there. I love that. Okay, your favorite subject in uh, in school? What was it? English. English. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could say that mine was history. 
I love reading and writing. History's fantastic. I've done a lot of history shows. I think history's amazing. Oh, I love history. I love watching, you know, when I, in National Geographic or um, Albert Lynn, when he does all his traveling and, you know, like um, the Aztecs and when he was doing all of the LADAR and all that stuff, man, I was hooked from that, from the very beginning. So I love that stuff. I produced, wrote, and directed a lot of a show called History in the Making, where we uh, went to find people who did historic artifacts using historic methods. That was oh, awesome. that's awesome. Love that. Okay, what's the one thing you do when you're bored? I'm never bored. Yeah, I'm too busy. I'm never bored. I can tell you honestly, I'm never bored. I always have something to do. That's always a good so thing. I'm never bored. I like that. I love hearing that. Okay, would you rather go bungee jumping or skydiving? skydiving i've always wanted to try it one of these i was i meant to I, I didn't make a lot of money in my early days in tv but once i had my kids i said yeah i'm not gonna do that <laughs> one of these i told my wife like we were just talking about this the other day it was like you know i, I you know if we both want to do uh skydiving and she goes like let's do it but not at the same time let's just one of them go first one of us go first and then after that the other one can go i'm like i can deal with that yeah i may do a george bush senior and when the kids are all up and have jobs and I'm really old, strap myself to some capable young person and try it then. That's right then. I liked it. I liked it. All right. Last question here, my friend. Have you ever re-gifted a gift? If I have, I can't remember. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say that I, I have. I'm not against it. I don't think it's a, a, you know, if there's something of value out there that you don't want, Mm -hmm. You think somebody would want it. Um, then why not? You know, right? I think it's good to give to them. I think uh, I understand the, the dilemma. And, <laughs> you know, part of a gift is saying that, you know, I use my resources to get this for you. Yeah. But I certainly have no problem with regifting. I, I just don't remember ever having. <laughs> There's a go. I like I'm not it. saying I'm... I didn't. There may be somebody listening who goes, well, wait a minute. Cole. No, you did. <laughs> yeah. So if I did, uh, not really sorry. Did you like it? So. I just don't as long as you're enjoying it, that's all that matters. That's the big thing. <laughs> uh, Greg, thank you so much for this. I had a lot of fun. It, it gave me a good view into what it's like to writing a book. So thank you so much for that. I'm going to tell everybody that they should go and pick it up. I will put the link on it so that way they can look at it and, uh, and, and order it, whether digital or paperback or hardcover, whichever. Make sure you guys get that. Yeah, and if you've read it and liked it, uh, tell your friends. If you don't, just tell me. Um, but either way, you know, if you had an experience with the book, feel free to yeah. reach out to me and, uh, you know, I'm happy to talk to anybody about the book and, and, you know, you're one of the first people identified that I wanted to talk to about the book. Yeah. I, knew, I knew you would get it. So thank you very much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I had a great time talking to you. It was an, it, it was absolute pleasure, my friend. Um, and then where can people find you on social media? Uh, Craig Colby one on Twitter, uh, Craig Colby six on, uh, on Instagram and all uh, all caps books with a underscore underscore between the all and caps all underscore caps books on Instagram as well. Uh, Facebook I kind of limit to my friends, but the the place to really find stuff out about me is at uh, ColbyVision.net. Love it, love it, love it. And I, like I said, I will put all of the links as well for your social media, so that way people can go ahead and find you and uh, and follow you. So thank you so much, and then uh, we'll keep in touch, my friend. You bet. Really love what you do here, Ed, and thank you so much for your time. Absolutely, my friend. Take care. 
Hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Craig. Now, make sure you guys are following him on Twitter, Instagram. Check his website out. He has a lot of the stuff in there as well as the book that is on sale. Uh, digital format, paperback, hardcover. I have it. It's really good, guys. So make sure you guys are supporting fellow uh, sports fans and a writer um, from uh, from the great country of Canada, guys. Um, so thank you for that. And uh, again, thank you for, uh, for coming on the podcast, Craig. I greatly appreciate that. Uh, couple of things to uh, take care of some business before I give you guys the dad joke of the episode. Uh, listen, guys, baseball season is here. Grilling season is just right around the corner. So here's what I want you guys to do. Go to baseballbarbecue.com forward slash dad hat. Get yourself a uh, either grilling utensils uh, with your favorite minor league baseball logo. That's right. They got minor leagues, guys. Uh, Major League Baseball as well cutting board if you want a cutting board make sure you guys uh get that one okay and um and for appreciation uh use code barbecue 20 bbq 20 for 20 percent off off your first purchase first purchase order all right now now that that part is done let's get to the dad joke of the episode and here it is what did the writer say when he glued himself to his book that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right, all right, I'll see myself out. And until then, guys, keep on grinding and always support the minor leagues. See ya. This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean, and I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna DiTomaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick. And Corey. Of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrimmedia.com.